Hey, how you doing? Welcome to the Marky Worthington Comedy Podcast. This is episode 10 with Greg Kimball, the part 2 of the Greg Kimball um, episodes. Thank you for listening and uh, thanks for all of the um, the good feedback from the first episode. Looking forward to uh, hearing what people think of this episode. Uh, before we get into it though, we've got a couple of upcoming open mic dates between now and the next podcast uh so if you listen to this as soon as it comes out we've got the basement open mic tomorrow which is the 21st of february that one kicks off at eight and remember it runs the third tuesday of every month so if you missed this one uh, head on down for the next one we've got on the 29th of february we've got the boardwalk open mic in belconnen kicks off at eight o'clock also on the 31st i'll be doing a uh, guest spot on local and live the uh, 2XXFM 98.3 uh, going on there and chatting comedy and doing a bit of a gig guide so make sure you uh, tune into that to hear me um, hear me on that program and uh, brings us now into some more of the uh, the uh, ticketed events that are coming up so we've got on the 31st Beyond Q Comedy so make sure you uh, go and buy your tickets online for that one all the details are in the event page um, on the 7th of February we've got 15 minutes of fame so uh, that one's at the boardwalk starting at eight o'clock so you can also buy tickets from the event for that one um and then finally um we got greg kimball's comedy festival show called head we talk about that in uh this episode but just giving a shout out at the start that's um available you can get tickets from uh, his website which i'll put in the description um below on social media but make sure you uh, go and get some tickets for that one. It's on the 18th of March at Street Theatre 2, kicking off at 7pm. Um, and then finally, I've got one upcoming interstate event on the 7th of Feb. Come and check that one out, Wagga Wagga, if you're um, around. Uh, presented by the Riverina Comedy Club. Be doing supports for um, Bart Freebaron. And also joined by two local comedians, uh, Taylor Coftry and Bradley Bishop. So we'll be heading out to Wagga Wagga for that one um, on the 7th of February. Doors at 7.30. So if you're, uh, if you're in the area, come and check that one out. It'll, it'll be cool to um, cool to get on stage at a um, at my first New South Wales gig. And uh, until then, listen to the episode. And make sure you like, subscribe and uh, rate the podcast. So... We can, um, you know, get the word out there, get more people. And uh, if you have anything you want us to uh, chat about on the podcast, feel free to uh, send them through to my social media pages. I'm on Instagram and Facebook. And, uh, yeah, if you have any suggestions, send them through. I'd like to hear what you think. Cheers. This is the second part of the Greg Kimball episode. Uh, if you listened to the last one, you probably remember we left you on a bit of a cliffhanger with some gigs that I've had in the past, so good to have you uh, in the second episode. You're still recording this at the yeah. basement. You can probably hear a little bit of the background music. Yeah, yeah. There's like a jazz band playing next door, so yeah, it gives yeah. that atmospheric feel. So the same band came back two weeks later, exactly <laughs> when we were recording. <laughs> exactly, man. They, they remembered, um, they held their breath, because you hear yeah. a lot of like um, jazz musicians there. It's like, uh, apparently, so I was walking past, this is how I get knowledge. Yeah. This is the closest I've ever come to actually learning something. Um, and I didn't even mean to do this. So I was walking to the White Rabbit open mic. Yep. And they were having a trivia night at um, the sports bar there, um, Bleachers. Oh, yeah. And uh, I walked past and I heard the trivia question. And the question was, which one do you think's longer? An average episode of The Simpsons without ads or credits or the longest that anyone's ever held their breath for? Oh. 
And I'm thinking like It's gotta be the Simpsons Oh yeah dude I was like man I I just think that Even like Holding your breath For like 12 minutes Would be just like Phenomenally long Right There I'm has to be some Brain damage involved s- In that drivers And stuff like that like, Yeah like Lung capacity Yeah like sure. lung capacity All that sort of shit No it turns out Longest breath is slightly longer At like something around 24 minutes and and that's, like that's I learned something that yeah. day. Um, I've learned something. Yeah, so there you go. That's the um, that's the fun facts yeah, for yeah. the for the podcast. It's funny you mentioned jazz. Um, I um, it made me think of um, a funny jazz story. Well, I hope it's funny. I shouldn't preempt it like that. Um, I tell us your hilarious story. Yeah, I will. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> strap in. Yeah. yeah. Um, I went to watch uh, my partner and I years and years ago. Um, Anthony Mundine, when he was actually a good fighter. <laughs> yeah, was, okay. Um, that was, was a while ago. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was fighting. I think it might have even been his world title fight. And we went to go and watch it somewhere. And we just wanted to find a sports bar. Um, we lived in Port Macquarie in New South Wales at the time. And um, and we just left it too late. We didn't book anywhere. And so we were like, oh, well, stuff it. We'll just go and have dinner somewhere. And, um, and um, we found this place that had... And it said jazz in the rafters, and it was like this place with an upstairs area and a little band. And we thought, cool, we'll go and check this out. Like, yeah. You know, I don't mind a bit of live music. And, and so we went up and, um, and you know, and where we happened to get a table, there's a there's like just the, the TV in the corner that's showing the fight. So yeah, right. Oh, sweet. Yeah, this is awesome. And so the, and we were just watching. We weren't like, we were still listening to the band. We're getting into it. We're having our dinner. And um, they they had a break, and so in the break, someone's just gone. I'll oh, turn the sound up. So we've turned the sound up on the fight, right? But we weren't commi- like we weren't committed to it. We paid money to go and see the jazz band. Anyway, after about I don't know ten or fifteen minutes, the band gets back on stage, right? And without even sort of no one even came up to us at <laughs> any point, but they were straight on the mic, and they were like, "If it's okay with the thugs in the corner." We'd like to start playing jazz again. Anyone who wants to go and watch <laughs> two guys punch each other's heads in, maybe need to take it outside. And we were like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, <laughs> calm down, jazz guys. Like, we're fine. Yeah. We're, we're here for you. Like, the, the, the irony of the, the chill jazz guys just getting full aggro yeah, yeah. at people who were watching organised violence on TV. Man. Like, it was just stupid. We were, you know, it was... It was like some kind of topsy-turvy land. I didn't well, understand. I just don't understand. Yeah, I don't understand that mentality. Although, like, let's be honest, smooth jazz over the top of a mundane fight is <laughs> just yeah. the perfect it's setting, a, right? It's a weird mix-up. It yeah, is. it's yeah, just yeah. you could you could you could just imagine yeah, the yeah. um yeah the tempo there. It's just completely yeah, different. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah no. It's like having Vegemite on banana or something. So. Yeah, it's just <laughs> this doesn't go together. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. No, dude, I... Um, so you mentioned you lived in Port Macquarie, and yep. I know in your special you talk a lot about Canberra and, yep. um, and growing up here. Is that what happened? You grew up here, moved away and came back, or...? Yeah, yeah, that's right. So, yeah, I was born here and grew up here, went through school and did all that kind of stuff. Um, I pretty much peaked in year 12 when I got 36 on my TER or ATR, oh, yeah. as it is, yeah. I um I really nailed it. I really nailed you twelve, uh, and so um, you did mention going to TAFE. <laughs> yeah, like right. I, that's not a uni. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. After year twelve, <laughs> I um I got I did a I, I 
did a shitty TAFE course. Let's just see um, IT entry level. Yeah. Yeah. Look, there was literally the bare minimum that I could do um, for my dad not to kick me out at the time. Yep. Um, but then I ended up getting into to television. So I, I, um, I moved away from Canberra in about 2000. Uh, and I worked for, for the local TV network in the Central West, so Win TV. And I got a job with Prime. And so that's where I got into to kind of media sort of stuff. Yep. Um, and in terms of comedy stuff, look, uh, you know, I mean, I've always, and my family have always been um, interested in comedy. I've got two brothers and a sister. My sister's a musician. They're all super funny. Like, I, yep. in the first Melbourne show that I did with Capital Punishment um, on my little bio, I wrote, um, Greg is the fourth funniest person in his family of six. Um, and that's true. Like, all my family are piss funny. And they always argue. They were like, whoa, 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 whoa. Who are the fifth and sixth that are, like, less funnier than you? <laughs> you <know>? Yeah. <laughs> I love how that's the bit that's up for dispute. that's right. That's the point of difference where they're all arguing about who's less funny. Um, but... Um, yeah, I mean, we all did drama at high school and we all kind of have always been naturally kind of, I wouldn't say um, extroverted, but but people who, you know, are engaging sort of people. And, yeah, and, yeah. Um, Dad was funny. Dad always enjoyed comedy. Um, and, you know, it would, comedy and, and laughter was always a big part of our, our house. We always mm. used to tape the Melbourne Comedy Festivals and the Montreal Comedy Festivals and we'd have them on VHS and watch them over and over and over again. Yep. Um, you know, there's still routines by like Rich Hall and, um, you know, uh, uh, look, you know, so many others that we could, that you could re- recite, mm, you know, by, mm. by heart. Yeah, um, yeah. And, um, and so, yeah, it was always something that has been in the back of my mind. Um, growing up, I was a super, super sooky anxious nervous even though i was a very big child yeah i was a big sookie i was a big yeah sookie yeah i, I get it kid. like i was one of those sorts of uh sorts of kids who um you know if you if you saw me you'd think i was a bully but then if you um you know you brush my shoulder in the line you'd realize you're the result tears, you know? of bullying yeah, <laughs> yeah that's right yeah. and um <laughs> the result of bullying yeah that's right and uh and so yeah i think most um, bullies are the, uh, right. <laughs> the idea of actually doing stand-up to me was absolutely on another planet out yeah. of the question. Yeah. Um, I went to lots of comedy shows, like I was saying in the last episode, um, over the years and, and enjoyed stand-up and especially live stand-up, something about the interaction with the comic um, but I would never sit up the front. Like I'd never wanted to go anywhere near yeah. where the guy might or, or girl might interact interact with me and even if they did i would freeze i was one of those people that just had nothing i couldn't speak you know dude crowd work relies on those people you know the ones that you're like what do you do for a job yeah and they're like oh um i uh manholes like what like this this yeah this guy (laughs) might work for like the council and he's if he just said i work for the council yeah, yeah. Then they would say, "What do you do?" And he'd be like, "Maintenance." And like, yeah, "What yeah. do you maintain?" And be like, "Manholes." Yeah. But instead, and they do it in reverse. Yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. but you need those people oh, sure. that freeze up and just say like, "Cop." <laughs> like, well, you also need someone who's <laughs> gonna who's gonna offer something that they can actually work with. Have you seen <laughs> when people do crowd work and <laughs> yeah. they're like, "I ain't gonna touch that yeah, shit." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, for me, I, I, I never thought that I'd have the confidence to actually give it a crack. And, yeah. Um, um, and um, I, um, 
strangely enough, I did a, a bunch of different jobs and I got a job, I was living on the Gold Coast um, and I got a job as a Kentucky tour manager. <laughs> yeah, so right. Friend, I, was, I was about to travel overseas. I was about to basically <laughs> travel overseas for like, you know, I, I had um, uh, done a, like a teach English overseas course. So I was going to try and find a job in like Thailand or Cambodia or something like that. Um, and a friend of mine's like, oh, hey, Kentucky are hiring. Um, you should apply. Uh, and I rang them up and they said, look, it actually closed, but if you send something through today, we'll consider it. Got an interview, went down to the interview, and essentially they, um, the interview format was you did a, you had to prepare a five-minute talk like a, like a Kentucky tour manager, tour guide, uh, on a subject that they gave you, and then on the strength of your talk, they would interview, like they would choose you for an interview later that day. And mine was the Industrial Revolution. Now, again, having not done well at school, I went through Charmwood High School. Like, I had never heard of the Industrial Revolution. <laughs> I had to Google it. Yeah, yeah. And actually, and then I had to work out, well, this is quite complex. And I had to, like, distill that down into five minutes. Yeah, yeah. And so I just did a, <laughs> um, I just did a piss take speech about how shit a topic the Industrial Revolution was and just ripped into Kentucky for giving me this shitty topic yeah, to yeah. have to work on. Um, which was essentially just a Dude, you lived in Charnwood. You were you like know. the product of the Industrial <laughs> Revolution. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Which was just a stand-up routine. Um, yeah. And then, um, yeah, and, and sure enough, I got an, I got an interview afterwards. Um, and um, the interview process, it's like a good cop, bad cop thing where they put all this pressure on you to yeah. see how you react. Yeah, yeah. And to see how you'll cope under being like grilled really because I mean you're traveling around Europe that was a European yeah yeah uh, based job and so um, and and you know I, I I just sort of um, I just sort of smiled sweetly and sort of copped it and and I knew that it was it was all for show and so yeah. I just was polite and just kept responding and tried to be you know clear with my answers and and um, and in the end they said look you know we really like you and and they gave me the next sort of the, an opportunity to the next stage now this is where it got tricky because what happened next was um, I was selected to go on a, on what what they call a training tour, so I had to be in London on February, the eighth or something like that. Right, this is the next year. It's about four months later, and in that four months, they give you, it's a it's an assignment. So if you think of an assignment you get at school, yeah. this is a twelve page assignment, right? So the assignment questions that we had to research and do were twelve pages. Right. So you had to write talks for every city in Europe, every country in Europe, every you had to have notes on every landmark, on the economy, on the politics, on the history, right. on the geography. So you had to do this thing, right? I cheated like, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> I cheated so hard. Me and a mate, we worked together, right? And we swapped answers. So we go, all right, I'll do Germany, you do Italy. And then we basically swapped answers. Swap, and yeah. So we would, you know. Um, and so we did this thing. But one of the things we had to do in the meantime was we had to get a visa for um, the UK. We had to get a working holiday visa for the UK um, to, to basically go on that training tour. Yeah. And then once you're in the country, you, you, you know, you, you're away. Now, not ever having travelled overseas before, I did my online application where I filled in all the things and I did the did what they said to do. <laughs> and then they said, Okay, now go into the um, go into the UK consulate and get your biometric testing, so your fingerprint scanning and things like that. Yeah, sweet. Went and did that, right? 
And then as I'm walking out, the, the people at the thing go, oh, you're done. You're all good. You know, see you later. And I'm like, oh, so I'm all finished. Like, I'm, I'm done. I'm good. And they were like, yeah, 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 you're good. See ya. And I walked out and my brother was with me. And I was like, and he's like, what do you have to do now? No, I'm good. I'm good. I'm sweet. So in my head, I've gone, I've got a visa. I'm sweet. Set, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What I didn't do, which is really, really fucking clear on the application, is to print out that whole application, which is in the fine print. Yeah. You know, uh, send it off to the UK consulate for them to process, send it with my passport, and then they would stamp the visa and send it back to me. And oh, then man. I was clear. So I didn't do any of that, right? So I spent four months, I was living in New Zealand, I had a sweet time in New Zealand, but I was th- working in New Zealand working my guts out cheating at this assignment to get all this research material done for this thing. And it was a week before I was in, I was meant to be in (laughs) in London. I had my flight booked and everything. Uh, And the dude I was cheating with, he goes, oh man, my passport just arrived in the mail. I can't believe I cut it this fine. Uh, I've got my visa, I'm sweet. And I was like, what do you mean? Like, don't they just like stamp your your passport at the border <laughs> like don't they just go oh hey Greg <laughs> you know we've been waiting for you you know welcome to our country you know and then he like at the kind of penny drop that I just fucked this whole and it's like a month long process and I, there was just no way I could do it and so in the end I, I, I just I had this whole dream job lined up that was gonna you know that was me I was gonna be this international traveller this sort of jet setting, you know, one day I'm in Rome, the next day I'm in Prague. Oh, and man. It was like, you know. You're like that dude in the movie when he, with the airlines. What's that movie with Yeah, the, yeah. Uh, the, the DiCaprio. Catch one. me if you yeah, can. Catch me if you can. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're going to be DiCaprio. I was going to be, you know, that was Pulling the be my sticker office. off the airline yeah, thing. Yeah, you know. <laughs> and, uh, and I'd literally, like, I'd basically said my goodbyes to my family in terms of, oh, well, I'm an internationalist now. So I'll see all you fuckers later. Like, uh, you know, maybe come and visit me one day when I'm living in a fucking chateau in France. Like, like <laughs> I was, I was gone. I was gone, right? And I, um, and then all this went down, and I was like, like it was just a nightmare. It was actually, I had, I, I had probably had a bit of a breakdown. Like I had a genuine, massive panic attack, and then I just didn't know. I was in Bangkok with my friend. Like you don't have a fucking mental breakdown in Bangkok. Yeah, dude, it's not a good place to do it. Yeah, right? you want to do that in the comfort of your own home, yeah. like the rest of us. <laughs> yeah, that's right. yeah, yeah. And so I was gonna go home, and then my friend was like, "Mate, just come." And my friend was was playing <laughs> professional rugby in France. Like, come and stay with me for a while. I went and stayed with him, um, and I was meant to like travel from use his place as a base and travel. Man, I just fucking slept. I just slept at his house. Slept till about midday. His his wife was like, three days. She was really cool, and then after that, she's like, he's got to fucking go. Yeah, like, dude. He's got to wow, go. that's off its head. And dude. so yeah, it was it was really wow. rough. And I, and I ended up coming home um, to Canberra six months after I left uh, on the coldest day in Canberra in twenty six years. So I'd left Prague. Yeah, twenty five degrees. Like this pure, yeah, perfect yeah. European summer. Good sleeping weather. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Canberra, it had been a top of six, like a top in the middle of the day of six. Yeah, right. My mum's bird bath had frozen those days are over, gone. Like frozen those days over are gone. in the night <laughs> and it didn't thaw throughout the whole day. Yeah, like, That's right. how fucking cold it was. Fuck. And so I was literally like, I just had, had, like after all of that, had arrived back in Canberra and I was literally just sitting there going, 
I should be I should be doing something. I should be going and traveling the world and whatever. Anyway, I saw a um a little ad in the paper which was just said learn learn stand up comedy. Yeah. Um and um and I just sort of oh, you know and I I saw that and I had watched raw comedy. Yeah. Um and I and I mean it wasn't there was a weird thing being a person who doesn't have huge amounts of self confidence when I was watching raw comedy on TV I sort of went they're funny but you know not that funny like yeah I, you know, yeah there was a level Bill of, Macon had was, that same comment yeah. not about raw but like about that's was, when he started more, getting into it he was like these I guys are professionals yeah, and, yeah, yeah 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 that was the thing I was like I could do that yeah I could write that joke or I could I could get that response and so I thought oh yeah I'll give it a go, and so I went to um, to a comedy workshop with um, Jay Sullivan, who's a um, legendary stand-up, Canberra stand-up, who's um, moved um, interstate. I think he might be back in town now, but he doesn't do comedy anymore. And, yep. Um, and he, yeah, he basically took us through the fundamentals of comedy over four weeks. It was like one night a week for three hours. You build up a five-minute routine, um, and then we did a paid gig at the end of that at the yeah, um, cool. Tuggerong Arts Centre. Yeah, right. Um, which was yeah, which was actually probably the easiest um, and gentlest way I think of getting into comedy is to do a little, just you know, just sort of drip feed the, yeah. the anxiety. <laughs> yeah, dude. And then eventually, yeah, you just you've you've got a set ready to go. Right. Yeah. You um. You're saying that you like drip feed it. Um, when I had Kai on, he was saying his first ever show was like a theatre crowd, ever. Yeah, right. Like, insanity. But you also <laughs> mentioned going and watching shows. Yep. I didn't. Yeah, yeah. I wrote down everything I thought was funny for 18 months, and I put it all into one set. Like, I put... Sorry. I built one set using all that material. And even to this day, there still might be something in a set that I do which started in that first wave of comedy yeah, notes. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, just because a lot of what I do is observational humor and um, a lot of the stuff that I wrote down was um, stuff that I picked up just through life. Yeah. And I was catching the bus to work. There's plenty of material on the bus, office work, all that sort of stuff. You just, you're just writing everything. I was just writing everything down. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And the first time I ever did comedy was the first time I seen other people do comedy wow. in the local scene. I'd been watching comedy specials oh, on Netflix yeah, and okay, stuff. Yeah, yeah, but he did a live situation. But, yeah, yeah. First time I ever seen anyone do comedy in front of me yep. was when I was doing it soon That's after. Baptism of fire, dude. That's dude, brutal. it was at, at Smith's. Yeah. I brought two of my buddies with me who I'd been practicing my set on before. Yep. And then I went on stage and did my set and it was okay. it was okay. It yeah, was yeah, okay. Yeah. Like it was an okay for a first set. Yeah. Um it wasn't the good thing was it wasn't crazy polished yep. because then it would have been hard to follow. A yeah, lot of people yeah. nail their first set. Yeah. And then they use that material for like the next few times. Yeah. And then they're just like, Oh, I don't know what happened. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, then so, you've got to keep producing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I did Smith's at the front and then Phoenix and I was just doing that circuit for a little while yep. where it's just three rooms in town. Only f two years ago, there was only three rooms in town. Yep. That was it. Civic Pub on every for, for the big players. Um, and then I didn't get it. I, I just did those and 
every time there's a new mic in town, I'll add that to my list. And at the moment, there's pretty much one every week. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's cool. But like I, I was teased in the last episode, there's I've done comedy around the place, and I think I've talked about this um, in a previous episode um, briefly. But I went to Melbourne to do comedy. And uh, you're saying about the MC didn't know that that person was getting on stage, right? Yeah, right. I went along and signed up. Now, the room runner did the run sheet, but the MC was a different person. So, I didn't know anyone. I go up to the room runner, sign on to the sheet. Mm. He builds a set list and gives it to the the MC. And I don't know whereabouts he's put me in that set list. So, I sat in the front. On the edge of my seat, waiting to go up, and, and any- you're not an inconspicuous fella. No, well, like, look, and for someone that wants to do crowd work, they're gonna choose. They're gonna choose the guy in the front that's like sitting on the edge of the that's seat. Got, that's got every feature in a guess who. Like, game. Yeah, yeah. you're gonna choose the dude that's hugging his water that looks nervous as shit, and just think that he's just there to watch comedy. And anyone's name that started with M, you know, oh. like next to the stage we have Mary Jane. Oh, like yeah, I'm yeah. just, oh yeah, okay. And then, oh, or you'd hear like, so you know, this yeah. next person's got a show in the Melbourne Comedy Fest. We're like, oh thank God, I got another yeah. five minutes. You know, like yeah, you just, right this next yeah, person's yeah. a really funny guy. Cool, I got another five <laughs> minutes. You know, um, and um, this guy's a really good friend of mine. Oh, this could be me because every MC is always the best friends yeah, with everybody. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then he's doing riffing. I was like, he's got jokes about, like, he had a joke about um, Dr. Phil. Yep. And he's like, oh, do you watch Dr. Phil, sir? No, 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 I don't. I don't. Okay, cool. Do you own reptiles? You look like someone that owns reptiles. Like, <laughs> no, nah, no. Nah. He's like, all right, just say you own reptiles and I'll give you a drink ticket. And I'm like, nah. Like, <laughs> I definitely don't own reptiles. But I think the penny dropped when I was like, just do your reptile bit anyway, though. Yeah. Like, right. that's what I said to him. Yeah, and yeah. he was like, and then. Is like it just goes on with this reptile bit, and then he sort of gets to the point where it's like, uh, next to the stage we have Marky Worthington, <laughs> and then I stand up, oh, and he's just like, oh shit, yeah, 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 and the, the crowd is just on. like, fuck yeah, like everyone's like, yes, oh, so they're on yeah, so I oh, I grabbed my phone out and there was a coffee table like next in front yeah. of the stage. There was yeah. an apartment comedy in Melbourne, so okay. this place set up like an apartment. Right. Each corner of the bar is like a different room, and the stage has a bathtub behind it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I just set my phone up before that. I hit record. I get up on stage, and the the video that I put on my Facebook and YouTube is just that where yeah, it right. kicks off. It's me just going. All right, now it's my turn on the mic, motherfuckers, and everyone's <laughs> laughing. And I just get into it, and I, I start, like, doing a little roast on the MC. Like, oh, yeah, I'm, like, saying That's it looks ballsy. like Edward Scissorhands and shit. And he had, like, a really weird laugh, and I cut this part out of the second half. Yeah. He would laugh at his own jokes, and oh, it was, yeah. like, really like a really weird laugh. Yeah, yeah. Like a high pitch kind of laugh. Yep. And I was just like, oh, I'm glad to see that this roast isn't making him laugh because he's the only one in this room I don't want to fucking laugh anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like, so I just get into this whole thing. And then I, I was single at the time and I was just going through all my Tinder material and yeah, like, yeah. you know, people are digging it. There was a um, couple of girls came in 
Like, and I was just like, they were like, whoa, like doing the woo thing. And I'm just like, yeah, like, remember to swipe right later. I'll be around, you know. And like, there's guys coming in and just stepping in front of like the camera and crap. Yeah, and I'm yeah. just going like, that's it. Just fuck it up for everyone. Like, it was, it was, it was like the shitty fucking budget version of the Philly rant for me. Yeah, yeah right. Like, it yeah, was, yeah, yeah. and I put it on stage, and it's the only video my mum's ever seen of me doing comedy until I put up the short, fast, funny recently. Yeah. And she was just like, I'd love to come to one of your shows, but you just seem so angry. And I'm like, it's not like that all the time. Um, but yeah. Oh, so yeah, that, that was the... that it was the like a killer first gig though. Well, like it was in Melbourne, man. It was just out of my um, comfort yeah. zone. And it, it was obviously set up for you in the sense that people were with you. You're on your own. You've, you've been sitting there. Old mate's been kind of ragging on you a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. Like, and I mean, there's something ballsy about sitting in the front row of an open mic for your first gig and then just standing up and just fucking going all right let's dance oh man like dude i love that shit i if if i can um get on stage hot i love that it's just a different vibe um but there was the um the good part about that was that he came back and was just still in shock like the (laughs) mc just goes I think I just got roasted by Dumbledore, <laughs> <laughs> and that gets the crowd back on his yeah, side, yeah, yeah. and it's all G. He but comes he's up. Also, to he's also giving you a nod, and, a nod, and paid and a bit of respect. And he, said, ca- no, he came up to me, and he's just like, "Dude, <clears throat> I said I'd give you drink tickets if you told me you own reptiles. Here's two for putting on that yeah, like yeah. little bit. Nah, that's phenomenal." And then yeah. he, I'm like, "Dude." As you do when you roast people, you know it's just how it goes. He's yeah. like, "Yeah, man, fucking, I know how it is." Yeah, yeah. And like, we're, we're G. And when I was down in Melbourne earlier this year he was yep. at one of the mics yeah right so okay. I caught up with him again yeah. you know I went to a mic in Melbourne completely booked the fuck out yeah okay they had me on last and they they didn't get time to put the last three people up so I sat there through the whole thing and didn't get to oh, go so on stage no so you know what I did everyone because they closed the bar they were yeah, like yeah. Ever, it was 12 o'clock it wow. was like get the fuck out yeah, yeah. they were only meant to go till 10 like yeah, everyone's yeah, yeah. 11 sorry yeah and everyone's just getting fucking frustrated. So yeah, yeah. I get out where all everyone's out the front waiting for Ubers. We're all pissed comedians, yeah. yeah. I grab like a like a bar stool that was out the front, yeah. And I like stand on the first bit where you put your feet and stand up and just start doing my five minute bit to like all the comedians uh, that were just hilarious. inside. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. And it worked just as well. Like people are so laughing at, and I just did my five <laughs> minutes to everyone out the front while we're oh, waiting for our awesome. Ubers. Yeah, yeah. And um, one of the guys came over and said, like, that he'd seen me before um, when I was here the first time. So there was yeah, like yeah. two people there that were at that mic yeah, that yeah, remembered yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, that's phenomenal, man. So yeah, yeah it's like really over good. a year later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just love that feel, man. I love, and it's good to see that they're still doing it off because, yeah, yeah. like, you know, the turnaround's pretty high yeah, yeah. with comedians. Look, that's a great story about about actually, like, making you know, getting your voice heard. Like, you sat there the whole night when watching all these other yeah. do their thing, and you were like, nah, fuck it. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. You know. Yeah, dude. No, yeah. I, I love that shit, man. And and it, it's funny, like, you know, a gig's a gig. You know. Um, I don't know how much time we've got, but I'll, I'll tell you a quick story. I was yeah, yeah. Jez Love in, the, it. in the last episode. Jez Margosis and I, um, we did, uh, and a couple of the other guys from Capital Punishment originally, we did a show in Burua. Yeah. And, um, and there was a contact that Jez had um, who booked this room and he had all these people 
and he and he was saying to us that he had a hundred people coming to this gig. It was going to yep. be a fundraiser. We were going to get all this money. We get there. There's no ticket sold. So this guy's just bullshitted to us. Um, right. Two people turned up by showtime. We were driving around the town and going to other pubs and asking people to come to our show, and they're just like, "Nah, man, we're not coming." Shit. And the last one we went to, um, we went into the back of this. Um, uh, into the backyard of this pub. It's called the Top Pub in, in Burua. Yep. And there's about 50 Harleys, right? Yeah. So there's a motorbike gang or a group of bikies, yeah, essentially. Yeah. And we walk in and we just start chatting to them, going, hey, we're here doing a comedy show. Do you guys want to come down? And they're like, nah, but you can do it here. And we're all like, uh, yeah, right on. <laughs> <laughs> so we ended up doing this show to this group of bikies in the backyard, like we no microphone, no lights, nothing. We were standing on like this little wooden gazebo, um, and look, they were all fucking blind, and they were pretty rough. Like I emceed, and there was another five guys, and they just ripped me the whole time. And like we just sort of went with it. We didn't, we weren't trying to be smart asses. In the end, they were heckling each other, like they were heckling across. Dude, yeah, like, yeah. And it just sort of went on and on, and um, one dude who was with us. Um, Kale, he was probably the only one who who actually gave them a bit of stick back. And there was one guy called the Sergeant Arms of the Club was a dude called Doodle, and this little tiny guy with a massive beard called Doodle was going to Kale. He's like, "Oh, mate, I wouldn't fuck you if I'd had twenty four beers, you know." And Kale's like, "Oh, come on, Doodle, you know it'll be all right." And, and he and he stepped down and he touched his face, like he touched his beard. Yeah. And Doodle like slapped his hand away, and we were like. Oh, that's it. We're fucked. Like we're gonna get stabbed. This is the end. Yeah, <laughs> this yeah. This is it. And uh, and then I ended up standing up. Like I'm not calling myself a hero, but I was pretty much a hero. And I like sort of stood in between Doodle <laughs> and Kale and was like, "Oh no, it's all good. You know, you know, sort of chill out." And then Doodle kind of made another joke to kind of win back the kind of mm, you mm. know the respect of his comrades. Oh, yeah, yeah. And um and then it was all sort of sweet. And then afterwards they were just like, yeah, we just wanted to kind of roll you up, give you a bit of a hard time. Yeah, and dude. <laughs> that's insane. And uh we were just like it was the it was the loosest. We took a video of it and all this sort of stuff like it was the loosest gig I've ever done in my life. I've never dude. actually felt physically threatened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but no, I thought that that could go pear-shaped at any time. Absolutely, time. man, yeah. especially cuz you're on that turf. But yeah. um it reminds me, have you seen I'm Dying Up Here? It's a TV series yeah, where yeah, they perform at the bikey bar and then he yeah, just gets, yeah. he's just like, look, man, I appreciate your balls for like having a go at me. And he's like, oh, thanks, man. No worries. Yeah. Well, I'll see you next time. And he's like, no, you don't understand. I need to punch you in the face now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. He's just like. <laughs> There's respect to be maintained. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> uh, look, I just want you to know man to man that that was legit, but so is this. <laughs> Like I, I need to make, I need to even this out. Yeah, um, yeah man. Yeah, thankfully, that didn't happen to us. Yeah, time. no, dude. <laughs> well, I think sometimes gigs are worth it just for the story. Like if yeah, you yeah. if you can oh, get out sure. of it without a punch to the face. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's just like you. Over the years, you just it builds it builds your stories up, and you got more stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, we're gonna have to wrap it up with that, man. Yeah, for sure, man. Um. Cheers again for coming on the show. Now, I know you've got um, a comedy show in the Comedy Festival, Canberra Comedy Festival. I do, yeah. I'm on uh, this year at the Canberra Comedy Festival on the 18th of March mm -hmm. uh, at the Canberra Theatre in um, one of the rooms there, which I've forgotten. Yep. But the show's called Head. Yep. Uh, Greg Kimball Head. And so if you 
Google that, I'm sure you'll find it. But um, but it's one night only at this point. But um, if I sell enough tickets, they might give me another one. Oh so well, hopefully you can get 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 to the point where you got yeah. t- got another show. Yeah, uh, it's great. good to hear, man. And uh, also, I've I got your special. I uh, want other people to get it too. It's called Gus Up. So you're the one. Oh yeah, yeah no. <laughs> Yeah, I probably shouldn't have sent everyone the link. Actually, <laughs> no, no, uh, no, 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 no. I um, yeah. yeah. So I I got that one. Dig it. I yeah, reckon other people man. should get it too. There's a link for that on your um on your f- social media, yeah. which I'll uh, tag in this post. Yeah, and my website as well. Yeah, it's Oh, perfect, man. All right. Well, like I said, good to have you on the show and. Uh, Hype, hype some upcoming gigs. Be good to uh, maybe have you back later on down the track. Mate, uh, I'd love to. Thanks for having me, Marky. It's been been good chatting. Excellent, man. Cool. Waiters. Well,